Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Is it that the space is different, or the contract, or the amount of hospitality and customer service, which is very different than simply service space, for instance? Welcome back to the CPI Podcast, where we unmask the world of commercial property investing, helping to demystify the mystique put up by industry professionals that really should know better. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just getting started, we're here to help. Now, I'm your host, Jerry Alexander, and in each episode, we share experiences of our own or those of our guests. And when I say we, by the way, I'm referring to myself and a dozen or so fantastic people who work directly in our property businesses. We're all learning every day together, and every day is a school day. Now, if you tuned in last week, you'll have heard our interview with the amazing Mark Homer, where he shared how he started in the commercial world and moved on up to a super large project. It was a fascinating interview. And it's time, I think, I reaffirmed what this podcast, the CPI podcast, is all about, because I'm sure we have one or two new listeners. We want to make sure this podcast delivers on two main fronts for our listeners. The first is there's inspiration, inspirational stories. And the second is to remove that mystique surrounding this industry. It really frustrates me how many words and acronyms and different forms of foreign language that are used in this industry. And each episode is focusing in on specific topics that we can help listeners gain an understanding and help them move forward with some more confidence. So there's those inspirational ones and then there's those shorter episodes like today where we want to try and give you some knowledge. And knowledge of the principles of the commercial property investing industry is really important. And bearing in mind, my perspective, me, is always coming from a private direct investor point of view. Direct investor meaning I'm not buying shares in other people's businesses, I'm buying the buildings myself. Which means all that I share comes from experiences, good or bad, and it's up to you to interpret those lessons to use them or just disregard them and think, that was a bit stupid. (laughs) I definitely don't profess to know all, and as I say, every day I'm reminded of how little I do know. Thank you, universe. So on to today's specific conversation. I was recently asked during a one-to-one call, Jerry... What is the real difference between leased space, service space, managed space and flex space? I just haven't quite got my head around it yet. They all seem to be interchangeable. And it's a great question. And sometimes I have to ask myself to clarify the difference, at least as I see them. Is it that the space is different or the contract or the amount of hospitality and customer service? which is very different than simply service space, for instance. And in today's short episode, I'm going to try and tidy this all up. It could be argued it's all a game of semantics, of course, which is often the case in commercial property. But from a customer's point of view, the type of space and offering that they take is one of the most fundamental decisions any business makes. Where do you set up shop? It's a choice that can shape the work environment for the business and the staff, 
and it includes an impact on the team's productivity. And of course, it can influence company culture. So actually, it's really important to businesses. But I do appreciate that some businesses have different priorities, which is why the market is so diverse, thankfully. Now, we've all heard the terms least commercial serve, eh, sorry, least commercial space, service commercial space, managed space, and flex space. But what do they all really mean? And which one is right for you as an investor or indeed as a potential customer? And at a high level, leased commercial space, service space, I'm going to drop the commercial bit, managed space and flex space are all different types of arrangements or agreements or provisions for businesses to occupy office or commercial space. Now, let's jump into a quick explanation of each because the lines can be blurred at times, but I'll do my best to show the real distinctions. So first up, leased commercial space. This is more of a traditional arrangement where there's a business or a tenant. In this case, um, they rent a physical space from a landlord or a property owner. And they typically sign a lease agreement for a fixed term, often over several years, three years or five years with a three-year break or 10 years or 20 years, which is becoming less common. But nevertheless, it's over a longer period of time. And the tenant, which is what they're officially really called, is responsible for managing and maintaining that space as well as furnishing and fitting it out to suit whatever their requirements are. And this could be something like just putting in a reception desk or a reception area, all the way through to putting up partitions, carpeting, new drop ceilings, lighting, electrics, the whole shebang. They have full control over the space, but on the flip side, they bear the responsibility for all the related building and operational costs. So as an example... Imagine you're a a law firm and you're looking for a new office and you find a beautiful 5,000 square foot space in a commercial building. You sign that five-year lease agreement and you're excited because you have full control over the space. It's yours. You get to design it, furnish it, set up utilities any way you want. However, you're also responsible for all the associated costs from the electricity, the heating to maintenance, security, And not to forget the stinger in the tail, dilapidations. Which means you'll have to put it all back together the way you found it, at your cost when you leave. So, number two, serviced commercial space. So, service space often includes service offices, but it's not exclusively serviced offices. You can get other types, which include things such as light industrial, studio space, and increasingly some retail space. And it's a type of arrangement where a business rents a generally fully furnished and equipped office space with the various services included on this one. It's a flexible solution and it's designed for easier operations and set up with a lot less friction. So the services can be things like reception, utilities, internet, not always but quite often, meeting rooms, communal kitchen facilities, that sort of thing. And this option is preferred by businesses that need a I guess, a turnkey solution with a minimal hassle so they can sign up one day and begin operating the next rather than going through the pain of setting up an office. And this option is all about flexibility and convenience. And of course, there's a higher price tag, albeit when you add up all the numbers for a lease space, including the departure costs, sometimes there's not too much of a difference. But let's go through an example. Let's say it's an IT company 
So they've got a small team. They're looking for something that's pretty hassle-free. They choose to rent a serviced office with a serviced office provider. And here's how it works. They, they, they rent a fully furnished space for, say, 12 months. And it comes with all bells and whistles, including high-speed internet, those reception services we're talking about, access to meeting rooms, um, some communal areas. And it's like plug and play. They basically turn up, sign up, and start working. And the company can focus on its core business activities while the space provider takes care of all the office infrastructure and the support. So the next one is the managed commercial space, the third thing. So let's just talk about that one. So managed commercial space is a hybrid, really. It combines elements of the lease space and service space. And in this model, a business leases the space, so generally is on a lease. We, we have some... Um, contracts like this, where they lease the property from us or as part of the property, but the property owner, us in this case, or the third party manager, because sometimes you might have an agent looking after, they took on, they take on, sorry, the management of the facilities, those responsibilities. And that includes things like maintenance, security, sometimes shared amenities. And the tenant retains control over their space and often on an IRI lease, which is an internal repairing and insuring lease, rather than a fully repairing and insuring lease, which tends to be for the whole building. An example of this might be a company, let's say a marketing company, that leases a whole floor in a commercial building. So they're not taking the whole building, but they're taking a floor. And in a managed space arrangement, the property management company, which could be you or I or a commercial agent working on your behalf, takes care of the maintenance of the services and the communal areas and all that sort of stuff, like reception if there is one, toilets, lifts, all that sort of stuff. And the customer still has control over the individual office space that they're in, but they don't have to worry about all those shared facilities. So it's kind of a best of both worlds for, for some clients. So, so far so good. That's um, leased, serviced, and then that kind of hybrid, the managed approach. Now let's move on to the last one that we're talking about, flex space. And this is where the lines blur a little, and interpretations will vary, but I'm going to give it a stab. So I would say... Flex space is a fairly broad term that encompasses various flexible spaces, which can be offices, studios, light industrial, or maker space. So it's not exclusively for office. And it includes things like co-working spaces or shared offices and other flexible arrangements that allow businesses to rent or license, often in this case, workspace on a short-term or even as-needed basis. And the flex space often offers shared amenities and try, generally tries to collaborate, uh, sorry, provide a collaborative environment, making it attractive to maybe startups, freelancers, small businesses that are trying to grow, and often remote workers or increasingly remote workers, small businesses and some larger businesses. So occasionally you might get a remote worker moving into one of these locations, but you might have a larger business that wants to set up a regional presence without the full commitment of a lease space, and they'll take on something that's more flexible. So an example of someone who might use that kind of space might be, a, let's say, a graphic designer, somebody who is subcontracting out to various different companies, and they want to work in a co-working space. And it's a bit like joining a gym, but for office work. And... In this case, she rents a desk in a shared office environment for 
I get, well, actually, on a month-to-month basis, it's not necessarily for a long period of time. It's really flexible. Everything's in one bill. The co-working space provides everything she needs, from high-speed internet to printing to coffee. And she gets to network with a community of like-minded professionals. And the flex space allows her to scale up or down as the business needs change. So it's the flexibilities, not just in terms of the contract, but also in the type of space you can use, the amount of space she uses. And I mentioned co-working, but this isn't quite the same as flex space, but rather just part of the mix. They're not necessarily the same. We provide a lot of flex space, but that varies from open plan co-working through to private offices on longer agreement terms. So I did say this was slightly more tricky differentiation, but for me, the fundamental part of a flexible offer is the customer experience and how flexible the contract and the offer is to suit their needs and how frequently they need to change and what they use and how they pay for it. Perhaps the best way to define flexible workspace is that really it's the opposite of lease space. So hopefully I've managed to illustrate how each type of commercial arrangement, offer, contract, whatever you want to call it, caters to different business clients, their needs and their their preferences. The lease space offers that maximum control for businesses, but it does require long-term commitment and operational responsibility, which some businesses might not be geared up for. Service space is ideal for businesses looking for convenience and a turnkey solution with more flexible agreement terms. Managed space offers that balance between the two, between control and shared facility management. And the flex space provides the most flexible and is particularly well suited for less commitment or variable workspace requirements, or at least perceived variable workspace requirements. Because I think sometimes people assume that flex space means that a customer comes today and leaves tomorrow, but our experience is many of them stay for years. But it's that comfort of knowing the flexibilities there should they need it. And the choice of which you offer will work best depending on the specific needs and priorities of the business or individual seeking the space. And of course, what suits you. So there you have it. Least service managed flex space, they're all slightly different. Each option caters to different needs and preferences for businesses, but it's all about finding what suits you ultimately, as a passive or a more active investor, depending on what you want to do. But bearing in mind, it's also dependent on the local market demand. We do need to establish what that is before we jump into one or all of these different offers. Okay, I hope that's clarified that element of this industry. So thanks for joining me on the CPI podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review. Let us know how we're getting on. And thank you so much for the recent reviews. They keep coming in. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes, visit our website or connect with us on the usual socials. So until next time, make sure you get in the swim and join us in the world of commercial property investing. (music) 